Good evening, folks. Welcome to the hot seat. This is Cassandra Harris Lockwood coming to you live from Phoenix Radio. And I have to say, I, I have no idea what the temperature actually finally went up to today, but it is wildly warm out there, crazy warm. And um, people running around with T-shirts and that sort of thing. But the, the reality will be back soon. I guess it's about 58 degrees, almost 60 degrees out there. Nutty. Talk about your January thaw. This is February thaw. In any case, um, I'm here this evening, and I don't have a guest. And I was really wondering what I was going to talk about this evening. And I tried to get a couple of guests, and they'll be coming in as the as the weeks roll out. But I have to tell you, this is Black History Month, and uh, I ended uh, last week by talking about the gift that Hamilton College received from For the Good, the agency here, and, and we have a very um, explanatory article on the cover, which should be on the cover of the Utica Phoenix coming out this week, and uh, actually the, the cover photo was taken by my father in about 1956. It's my mother's birthday party. In the projects, I think it was J6, was our apartment that we were G5 and J6. I think this is J6. And uh, Jenny Phoenix and Skippy Mitchell and Margaret Martin are in there. And there are a number of other women that we'll be looking to have identified. And Hamilton College has decided that they would like to invite the elders and those who would like to take a peek at the archive and some of the materials in the archives on February 22nd. So not, not that, that date down, note that date. Uh, there are going to be a little reception up there. And there will be a lot of photographs that are yet to be identified. There are group photos and single photos and family photos and so on. And it will be great for the community to see really the breadth of, of life in the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, and, and, and even some of them uh, even uh, older than that. But uh, to date these photos and to determine who the, the, the players are, um, because I, I don't think we have anything like that around here for a, a collection. And of course, you know, we have other materials. But this, I think this one, this one event will be to identify and collect, co corroborate uh, individuals in, in photographs. But I think what I really want to talk about is uh, black history, is going even further back in black history. And I have a friend, uh, his name is Dr. David Blask, and I've known David since I was in the fourth grade, and actually I went through school with his brother Dean. But Dave is a, uh, a, a very uh, highly regarded research doctor uh, in New Orleans. He's obviously he's from here, and he posted he posted a piece uh, on Black History, very disturbing piece uh, that uh, I for I I I shared, and it's a. It's a really creepy subject, and it's about black history, and it's about a part of hidden history. Now, 
the, the meme that he shared, that he put up and I shared, has to do with, it's called buck breaking. And I'll just say off the top of my head that uh, there are many, many aspects of the, the horrors of slavery that will never be known. Will never be known. The people who are subject to these things are no longer here, and the records of the atrocities they weren't kept. Those people didn't keep records of all the terrible things that they did. On the contrary, many of them were 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 hidden, all right, denied. And I remember uh, years ago friend of mine, Wes Holloway, uh, who is re now retired from, I think he was vice president of, of um, diversity or something like that for, um, for price shopping. And uh, he gave me an into a museum out, out in the Midwest somewhere that, that preserved pieces of black history. And actually, I sent him, you know, you know, racist kind of stuff. I, I actually, I sent him this beautifully, well, sent the museum a beautifully hand-knitted, what, Angora sweater that had what you call a Wallygog wally on it. A Wallygog is like a generic term for a blackface uh, caricature. And... I couldn't believe that someone would put their hard work into such a beautifully made sweater and have it be so insulting and demeaning to, to, to others. But um, during my time back and forth with Wes Holloway, I, I bumped into a, a YouTube video from a gentleman, a black man, I, I believe he was a researcher, professor or something. He was down south. And there were these little clips that were in a, in a, uh, I guess a, 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 a secondhand store, but you know, one of those, we'll call it an antique store. And the gentleman had gone in and he saw some manacles and chains and, you know, handcuffs or whatever they call them, manacles, I guess, more like it. And he wanted to buy them. And the older white man who was the proprietor said, oh, you don't want to, he said, I, I got something for you. I want to show you something. And he took him in the back, and I believe it was a letter that he had gotten from some forebearer that explained what these little alligators were with babies in their mouths, okay? So, it's like you would have like a, a, a paper clip, uh, you know, for your, for your uh, desk. These were little, you know, paperweights, alligators, babies in their mouths. I said, what is that about? And this man went on to explain that one of the things that the, the slave owners used to do, the, the white men, that maybe they weren't all slave owners, but they were working for the slave owner or whatever, would 
go into a, a, a slave's quarters when they were out in the field working where the babies lived. And they would grab a baby and take the baby down to the swamp. And they would put the baby in a little cage down by the swamp and just leave the child there. Wouldn't there be numerous cages with numerous babies? Holler and scream and cry, I want their mamas hungry, tired, you know, you know want to be held. And then these guys, would, these, these guys would come back at night and they would take the baby out, wrap a rope around the baby's neck, wrap a rope around the baby's middle, and throw the baby in the water. And the baby would be drowning, flapping, screaming, hollering, trying to swim, didn't know how to swim, trying to stay alive. This would chum up the water for the big alligators to come. And the big alligators would come and chomp down on that baby. And then the guys on the shore would drag them in, knock them in the head, and get, they, get themselves a great big old 500-pound, 800-pound alligator. This was regular practice. It was. Did you hear about this? Did you know about this? No. No. Who knew about this? Right? These are not things that these white guys are proud of. They did it. And maybe they were proud of the, themselves in their own communities. But who's going to write about that in the history books? I tell you, I saw a picture once at, oh, what is it, down it, when you go to the uh, antique fair, Falkville, uh, okay? I remember I went down there years ago with my brother, looking for stuff. I saw this big, beautiful painting. The painting had to be like four feet by three feet, beautiful, nicely framed, and it had all these beautiful little black children sitting on a fence. And in the background is a picture of an alligator. And underneath the, the, uh, or the caption, or the title of the, the title of the painting, was alligator bait. I didn't understand it until I read that, that whole scenario and heard that, that YouTube video. Now, I, I dare say not too many people know about that horrible, horrible practice. But it happened. And my friend, Dave Blask, oh, by the way, who's a very fine trumpeter, too, very fine musician, he plays down in uh, Louisiana all the time, New Orleans, Bourbon Street, and, you know, all those those bars down there, and he plays with uh, uh, Don Cantwell's Clough Dwellers when he comes up here, and his brother Dean Blast. But he put on Facebook this horrific meme that referred to the sexual abuse of black men by white men. So, I, and, and, and you know what, I want to open up the lines, too, if somebody wants to call, 315-507-1111. Uh, 
3135. And I there are these two guys that I've been going back and forth with, on, actually three of them, on uh, Facebook, because I posted that meme. And when we come back from these commercial breaks, I'll tell you what it says. DJ Big B on 95.5 FM, The Heat, here to let you know about the after work flow from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Bank of Utica, in a league all our own. Strength and stability since 1927. Locking these top annual percentage yields with the Bank of Utica Certificate of Deposit. Minimum balance to obtain EPY is $500. 4 for 5 This is Jay Easy, inviting you to join me for Sunday Night Heat, the hottest cooldown on the radio, Sunday nights at 6 o'clock, right here on 95.5 FM, The Heat.
this meme says. This is the one that I got from David Blast. It says, Buck Breaking. The process where black men were routinely raped by their slave owners. I say gay slave owners. Did you know that during slavery in the U.S., gay white slaveholders would buy male slaves to engage in forced homosexual acts? The Buck's male child was required to watch from front row center so he too can witness his father's sexual demise and humiliation. The slave master would savagely sodomize the buck, a.k.a. defiant male slave, in front of his wife, family, friends, and children. Buck breaking was the slave master's very effective tool to keep all young black slaves from ever being defiant and taking revenge. And then there's this picture of several... 30-some-odd black people, some in robes, and most of the young men or boys are uh, shirtless and unclothed and everything. Now, to that, I wrote, I've always suspected that this was an aspect of the Willie Lynch slave-making process. Lynch makes a point of stating that the female slave should be made willing to endure any and all sexual appetites of the master, with or without the humiliation and terror of a spousal and or child witness. I suspect that the Eurocentric revulsion of homosexuality, a.k.a. homophobia, left this detail out of regular mention. I don't know the source of the article, but it rings true. Like the little black children as foot warmers and sex slaves, Black history is American history. Now, it's a distasteful thing to consider, but if any of you are aware of it, and if you're not aware of it, you ought to Google it, The Making of a Slave by Willie Lynch. And the guy goes on in detail on how to psychologically destroy not only an individual, but a family and a community, and to keep their futures in tatters. And one of the things that Willie Lynch does say in there that the slave master must take a woman, desirable woman, from some other partnership, and make her submit in every way to all of and any of his desires. And they do this, they would do this in front of her man. And on a regular basis, slave women were subjected to these kinds of, and worse, kinds of atrocities. I have um, a download from it's, it's called a, uh, from the National Humanities Center Resource Toolbox, The Making of, Amer of African-American Identity, on a slaveholder's sexual abuse of slaves. Now, again, uh, I am, there, there, there's, uh, there's a piece here that I downloaded and I included in the response to some of the, the resistance, because there were, there are a few guys that kind of troll. I'm not even going to use their names, okay, because I don't want to embarrass them. And some of them I know personally. Some of them I just know, like, online. 
but what I did do was I just put the call-in number if they are so inclined to get on the line and challenge me on this, okay? Because I'm looking at documentation, and all they have is their impressions as white men and what, what, uh, what white men would never do. Well, you don't know because you ain't behind those closed doors, and it's not 1795 in the Deep South, and you got your way with all kinds of people, all right? But let me see if I can find this. The, um, I found this one. Yeah, this guy's telling me the moon is a great made of green cheese to disqualify my, This is from, what's his name? His name is, I'm looking here, I can't put down. Uh, well, okay, Thomas Foster. This is from the research of Thomas Foster, and I don't have his date on it. But it counts this rape of Elizabeth Amwood, reveals that the, the black man manhood under slavery was also violated in other ways that are less easily spoke of, well, spoken of then and now, namely the sexual exploitation of ex enslaved men. The historical sexual assault of men and boys is well known. It's mostly in, uh, unarticulated. They don't want to talk about it, is what I'm saying. The scholarship on early America shows us numerous instances of rape and sexual assault of men and boys. Ramon Gutierrez has argued that individuals of the Native American third sex, or Berdarches, were frequently prisoners of war, used for sex, and emasculated. We also know, though, I'm sorry, we also know through the handful of extant sodomy cases that males had been so abused. The 17th century Connecticut gentleman, Nicholas Senchin, for example, sexually preyed on his male servants. Virtually all of the cases of sodomy that came to the courts in early America involved individuals violating status boundaries, instructors on students, masters on servants. None involved peers. So these predators weren't going around looking for guys their size uh, and with, with uh, you know, what, free white, white and uh, um, 21. They were doing what they could do to take advantage of the helpless. In the context of slavery, and back to the to the uh, story, to the uh, 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 article now. In the context of slavery, literally scholars have shown that sexual abuse of men was as part of the Spanish slave system in Cuba. In Cuba, and 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 the islands are where Willie Lynch wrote his stories on how to make a slave. All right. Um, the account of former slave Juan Francisco Manzano has commonly been regarded as a searing indictment of physical mistreatment of slaves, can also be read as a silent testimony to the kind of abuse largely uh, unacknowledged by historians of slavery and critics of slave narratives, the sexual violation of male slaves. As Ellis points out, the topic has largely gone unexplored for a wide variety of reasons, including the obvious barrier of historical record in that male victims of slave rape left behind no biological record in the form of offspring. A 
as well as the prevalent homophobia in traditional American societies, which would have prevented men from telling their stories given that male sexual passivity was particularly stigmatized insofar as it was seen as entailing a loss of masculinity. Now, see, those guys would never even, they didn't even respond to that. They didn't even respond to that. They wanted to challenge, oh, the fact that I was even bringing it up. Well, why would you bring that up? Well, because it's a violation of our people that has never been expressed. And you know, we can look at this land of the free and home of the brave, and then we can look at South Africa and apartheid. And we can look at all the horrors of apartheid and what happened there. But one thing they did we have never done in this country is account for these horrors, account for this, this sort of behavior. And you, you, you can't do anything about it until you admit that it happened. These guys on Facebook don't even want to admit that it happened. Now, one of the memes that I that I put in the uh, uh, on my Facebook page a few weeks ago, just a week or so ago, was a meme about how prior to the Europeans coming to this country, Native Americans actually identified five sexes. Five. I'll go back to that one, too, because this is, uh, this is something that, you know, as I said, it's homophobic. And this has been, this, this sort of, of uh, hidden, hidden history has been denied for, uh, for centuries, literally for centuries. So, well, let me see if I can find this. Bear with me, please. Um, and I don't know if I can because I'm on my, my phone. But basically, what it says is that the Native Americans not only did not condemn or discriminate between, uh, against non-heterosexuals, but they actually look to them for their special abilities. So there was a male, the male and female, you know, the, the regular heterosexual. There was the female and female. There was the male and male. And then there was the transgender. Now, I must be missing something because that's only four. Maybe it was, I don't know exactly what it is. But if you go to, I think if you go to... Um, you can find it. I'm certain you can find this meme. And beautiful, just absolutely beautiful uh, images of these uh, non-heterosexual people. So anyway, back to this denial from these white guys. Because uh, there was, a, there was a, a meme that I put on Facebook prior to this one. It says that Racism is so American to America that when racism is being protested, many Americans think you're protesting America. 
it's protesting racism. And to think that, to think that, but this is the way it goes. It's not so much that black people protest. It's, well, it's not, it doesn't matter what they're protesting about. It doesn't matter. It's just the fact that they protest. You got that? It doesn't matter what black people protest about their troubles, white people. It's the fact that they protest. And I don't want to just say white people, but I got to probably say white nationalists, white supremacists, or white apologists, or white deniers. And I know it's got to be hard to be looking like and representing that aspect of the problem that looks like you. But you know what, guys? Suck it up, because it does look like you. And so you can change that. You can change the way you, you do things, but you can't change it by trying to tell me who I am and what I need to be talking about or how I need to say it or, or condemn me for bringing it up or trying to change the subject, talking about, oh, well, there were Irish slaves too. Yeah, really? When they stop being white, because you know what? I'm never going to be white. Irish got to be white. The Jew oh, well, they were Jewish slaves too. Well, yeah, you know, but they got over that and they got to be white. And then once you got to be white, you didn't have those problems. Black people are not going to suddenly be white, except in the case of what we used to call midnight, midnight integration. Okay? Midnight integration. When that slave owner would slip into the slave woman's quarters or bring her to his or whatever. And you know what? Some people might think that, oh, well, she must not have had it too bad because she would, uh, she must have gotten favors or she could work in the house. She didn't have to work in the, in the fields. But you know what? There's this account here about a, because uh, this, uh, the slaveholders, sexual abuse of slaves, there's this account here where um, the man of the, 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 the slave owner, the man, would grab up this woman to do with her as he would, and the slave owner's wife would take it upon herself to abuse this woman because her man was sleeping with her. So she was going to get back at the slave woman and beat her, and pinch her, and torture her. Um, and I have, again, I've, I've these, uh, there are not too many men that, were, that, would, that would sit down with the, the interviewer and admit that he had been raped in front of his wife and his family. But these are women uh, who were subjected to all manner of, 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 of abuse. And, I mean, I'm, I'm reading, okay, how's this one? This is from Life and Narrative of William Anderson, 24 Years a Slave, William Anderson. 
My master often went to the house, got drunk, and then came out to the field to whip, cut, slash, curse, swear, beat, and knock down several for the smallest offense or nothing at all. He divested a poor female slave of all her wearing apparel, tied her down to stakes, and whipped her with a handsaw until he broke it over her naked body. In the process of time, he ravished her person and became the father of her child. Now, that's, this is this, the delicate way this guy's saying he beat her and he raped her. Got it? Besides, he always kept a colored miss in the house with him. This is another curse of slavery, concubinage and illegitimate connections, which is carried on to an alarming extent in the far south. A poor slave man who lives close by his wife is permitted to visit her, but very seldom. And other men, both white and colored, cohabit with her. It is undoubtedly the worst place of incest and bigamy in the world. A white man thinks nothing of putting a colored man out to the fourth row in the, to work in the field and carry on the same sport with the colored man's wife at the same time. I know these facts will seem too awful to relate, but I am constrained to write of such revolting deeds as they are some of the real dark deeds of American slavery. Then, kind reader, pursue my narrative, remembering that I give no fiction in my details of horrid scenes. Nay, believe with me that it hath, can never be told of the misery the poor slaves are still suffering in this so-called land of freedom. And then we're going to break for commercials. I'll be right back. Moms and dads, there may be a silent predator in your home that is invisible, dangerous, and can settle on everything in your home. It's lead. Many think that a child has to eat the to become effective. Except of all lead poisoning cases, a lead paint dust that settles on boards, toys, pacifiers, even prison bars. If your home was built before 
pads, clothing, cosmetics, accessories. TVs, video games, Xbox, PlayStation, and more.
I think I just read the other day that the guy who was the uh, supposed, I don't know if he was a psychologist or what, but he was, uh, he was taking young people in for homosexual conversion therapy. Turns out he's gay. All right? So, you know, and, and, and I'm, I'm fairly certain that homophobia was rampant back then, okay? And, again, because they imposed it, they imposed homophobia, and, and strict, the Europeans imposed strict gender identification to Native Americans. You either wore a skirt or you wore pants. You can wear both, and you ain't gonna, you're going to wear something, and you're going to be something. And to be anything in between is not acceptable. So we know that they were definitely applying that same, that th th those same standards to themselves. Now, my point is that there were some undercover gay guys out there, all right? I mean, I know today there are men who are gay who have families and are on the down low. So you don't think it was happening back then? Then you got to catch up, okay? Now, there's this other account of this girl. Let's see where her reference is so she identified herself. Harriet Jacobs, Incidents in the Life of a Slave Girl, 1861. It's quite lengthy, but I think you'll probably get some um, information out of it. But I now entered on my 15th year, a sad epic in the life of a slave girl. My master began to whisper foul words in my ear. We call that grooming Young as I was, I could not remain ignorant of the import. I tried to treat them with indifference or contempt. He tried his utmost to corrupt the pure principles my grandmother had instilled. He peopled my, he peopled my young mind with unclean images, such as only a vile monster could think of. I turned from him with disgust and hatred, by, but he was my master. I was compelled to live under the same roof with him where I saw a man 40 years my senior daily violating the most sacred commandments of nature. He told me I was his property, that I must be sub subject to all in his will in all things. My soul revolted, revolted against the mean tyranny, but where could I turn for protection? No matter whether the slave girl be as black as ebony or as fair as her mistress, in any case, there is no shadow of law to protect her from insult, from violence, or from even death. All these are inflicted by fiends who bear the shape of men. The mistress, who ought to protect the helpless victim, has no other feelings towards her but those of jealousy and rage. The degradation, the wrongs, the vices that grow out of slavery are more than I can describe. They are greater than you would willingly believe. There you go. If God has bestowed beauty upon her, the, the female slave, it will prove her greatest curse. That which commands admiration in the white woman only hastens the degradation of the female slave. I know that some are too much brutalized by slavery to feel the humiliation of their position, but many slaves feel it most acutely and shrink from the memory of it. I cannot, so just how's that? You, it's so numb, you don't even get how horrible I cannot tell you how much I suffered in the presence of these wrongs. 
nor how I am still pained by the retrospect. My master met me at every turn, reminding that I belonged to him and swearing by heaven and earth that he would compel me to submit to him if I went out for a breath of fresh air after a day of unwearied tow, his footsteps dogged me. If I knelt by my mother's grave, his dark shadow fell on me even there. The light heart which nature had given me became heavy with sad forebodings. The other slaves in my master's house noticed my change. Many of them pitied me, but none dared to ask the cause. They had no need to inquire. They knew too well the guilty practices under the roof, and they were aware to speak of them was an, un was an offense that never went unpunished. The secrets of slavery are concealed like those of an inquisition. My master, who, to my knowledge, was the father of 11 slaves, but did the mothers dare to tell who was the father of their children? Did the other slaves dare to allude to it, except in whispers among themselves? No, indeed. They knew too well the, ter the terrible consequences. Southern women often marry a man knowing that he's the father of many little slaves. They do not trouble themselves about it. They regard such children as property, as marketable as the pigs on the plantation, and it is seldom that they do not make aware of this by passing them into a slave trader's hands as soon as possible, and thus getting them out of their sight. No pen can give an adequate description of the all-pervading corruption produced by slavery. The slave girl is reared in the atmosphere of licentiousness and fear. The lash and the foul talk of her master and her sons are her teachers. When she is 14 or 15, her owner or her sons or the overseer or the perhaps all of them begin to bribe her with presents. If these fails to accomplish their purpose, she is whipped or starved into, into submission to their will. She may have had religious principles inculcated by some pious mother or grandmother or some good mistress. She may have had a lover whose opinion, good opinion and peace of mind are dear to her heart. Or the profligate men who have power over her may be exceedingly odious to her. But resistance is hopeless. Okay, I'm going to stop there because I'm going to go back to this, the denial feature of this homophobia, okay? Because we know it happened. And men are not in the practice of admitting that they've been sexually assaulted. But if you go back and you read that account on the making of a slave by Willie Lynch, and, and you, re you need to read it because it's a horrific, but it is it's claimed in there, Willie Lynch claims that if you do this properly, you won't have any trouble into the generations of maintaining this subservient, this subservient and devastatingly demeaning concept of self. And I have a piece in the upcoming Phoenix on colorism that I wrote. And I, I, talk, I talked about it on the air a few weeks ago, I think. The fact that I had noticed that on television, whenever you see a black couple, that the woman is always lighter skinned than the man. There's only one that I've run into I think it's a phone, I don't think it's Verizon or what, but it looks like they're going to a, a school reunion, a college reunion, and the, the um, light-skinned 
brother is proudly walking with his dark skin fox up the stairs and walking past all these other people. But I want you to keep your eyes open because what happened during that those years of as we call midnight integration when these guys, these white guys would would uh, 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 impregnate slave women and their offspring would result is that that's when the America began to count the portion of whiteness as opposed to blackness and uh, these kinds of images began to be, be popular uh, and, and, and kind of uh, give the impression that unless you, a, a, a black woman was a certain color that she was unacceptable. And black people perpetrated it for, and, and actually still do, I guess. Well, at least, the, at least the producers and the directors and the casting directors of these commercials are doing it. And it's a, sublim it's a subliminal uh, message that darker-skinned people, especially women, are not so, ex not so desirable. And when you think about the first, the first um, black movie star, real movie star, Lena Horne, she was all, she was very, very light-skinned. She was, you know, she, I don't know if she could pass, but, you know, point is, it wasn't, um, it wasn't anybody darker. And the darkest, I, I put this in the article, too, and you can look at it, it'll be on the, st on the stands um, fairly soon, um, that the darkest one that I've, uh, female that I've seen is the sickly, sweaty-faced grandmother lying in the bed with the oxygen in her nose, looking all sad and forlorn while everybody else is out at the picnic or at the graduation. I think it's a graduation. But the point being, that's the darkest one. And, and if you look at the, you look at the array, and I, I put the, the, the names of the, the shows in there and the names of the commercials, but I think Murder, She Wrote is the um, one dark-skinned, brown-skinned woman who has, uh, or when ten, uh, uh, Taraji, uh, but, um, you know, that's the, 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 the whole uh, array of, of um, I almost said scandal, empire. But in any case, we've got, we've got issues in this country, and pretending that they're, they're, they're baseless doesn't work in solving them. And, you know, for white guys to tell me how I should properly conduct myself in matters of race is racist. You know, I mean, uh, when I put that one, I put that one meme up there, and one of these guys told me that uh, to properly, uh, uh, you know, address this, I should do thus and so. It's not to be, uh, I guess. Uh, misunderstood, or I don't know exactly what it was, but, um, you know, they need to check themselves and do a little research. Like I said, they should all go and take a look at that, 
take a look at the piece on the, uh, the five gender definitions of the Native Americans and how once the Europeans got, got here, that that all changed. Um, and they should read The Making of a Slave. They should read some slave narratives. And I, I you know, I, uh, I read in the paper, I think it was this morning, that um, my friend, and I haven't hung out with her in a long time. Oh, geez, what's her name? Um, anyway, she spoke at the, at the uh, NAACP uh, gathering the other day on, on uh, black history. And she was quoted in the paper saying that as a little girl, she was instructed not to look white people in the eye. I remember when we came to Utica, I heard that, and this was 1954, that black people were not allowed to walk on Genesee Street. So, I want our listeners to know that, yeah, you know, we've come a long way, but we've got a long way to go. Because, again, you can't fix something that you're denying never happened. And, 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 and to try to suggest that the Irish uh, uh, imprisonment or enslavement was in any way as protracted or as severe or as crushingly devastating as what happened to black people. And I'm not saying it's a joke, but it's an insult. And to suggest that Jews were slaves and it was just as bad, no, it wasn't. Sorry, it was a long time ago and it, it, it didn't happen here, all right? And, and on that matter, the Jews were the first ones to bring black people, give black people a shot at having a job. So to try to compare the two, no, I don't think so. And then, on top of it, to suggest that gay guys, a gay, uh, 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 black, black guys uh, are, are gay bashers. But you know what, some, yeah, I guess some of them are. But I don't know any. Okay? As far as I know, around here, the black guys don't care if you're gay, just don't be messing with me. You know, themselves is what I'm saying. I, I don't, you know, I've not heard any wicked, nasty, homophobic stuff. Not that they would be taking it to me, but why would they, why would they uh, uh, hesitate? So, you know, I, I hope you guys did tune in. I told, I, I texted them and told them through my, my Facebook uh, uh, brawlers out there. I let them know I was on the air if they wanted to come on. They didn't. Maybe they're doing their research. I hope they do. And I hope they find some compassion and some humility and some understanding as they go forward. And that's it for me tonight in the hot seat. Good night.